Good afternoon, everyone. Hope everybody's having a good day. Um, it is November 9th. Uh, this is Wednesday, so we'll be having class tonight, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But first of all, what we are going to cover to prepare us for tonight is um, take a look at, in summary, what we looked at last week on November 2nd. Uh, we're getting close to the end here of, of 1 Corinthians. We'll be wrapping it up completely in the next couple of weeks, it looks like. Um, what we took, at, took a look at last week was 1 Corinthians 15 uh, and concluded the chapter, finally, verses 50 through 58. So again, 1 Corinthians 50, 15, verses 50 through 58. So if you want to take a little bit of time, press pause on your player and read through that passage, that would be a good good thing to do. So um, why don't you take a look at it. Okay, hopefully you took a moment to, to read those verses. Um, and what we're going to take a look at here, just for a little bit, kind of highlight just a few things in these verses. First of all, um, the thing that we need to understand, he brought up uh, in the previous passage about the difference between um, what is imperishable and what is perishable. Perishable is is kind of way to identify what life now on this side of heaven, imperishable, um, life to come. More specifically, the perishable, what we wear in this life, meaning the body that we wear, versus what we will have um, in the life to come. And um, this this flesh and blood in verse 50 cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Um, that flesh and blood is basically what that is referring to, the body that we wear now. That is dust. Uh, I mean, if I mean, you get down to, to just the, the bare essentials, um, that's what we are made of. We are made of dust, and we die, and this body will return to dust. Um, but while we are alive, this dust is animated by a soul. And this flesh and blood, this dust animated by a soul, cannot inherit the kingdom of God, meaning the future of what is to come. Um, the 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 when when God's kingdom um, comes to f- through its full and total power. All right. Um, so it, it's pretty interesting, and I, I love the fact that. At different times in Paul's writing, he brings up mysteries. Um, he talked about the mystery of the gospel to begin this letter, um, but here he's talking about uh, this mystery of uh, verse 51 of, of the life to come. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we all will be changed. Um, there's another place where he kind of gets into this mystery, and I would really, I'd really... Uh, I'd really advise you to press pause again and read this because it is just so much of a parallel passage to what we're looking at right now. Um, but that passage is 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17. Um, before you, you press pause and read that, just let me set it up for you a little bit. When when Paul and um, Barnabas, or Paul, not Paul and Barnabas, um, this is the second missionary journey this took place. So when Paul and Silas went through the, the region of Thessalonica, um, what what happened was they were not able to stay there and, and visit with those. Basically, it got really, really tough, um, uh, and they had to leave much quicker than they expected to. So they were not able in Thessalonica to share with those brand new Christians um, all of the foundational things that they would have liked to. So they very quickly wrote them, um, and that's what we have is what we entitled First Thessalonians. And um, one of the things that they were worried about um, and did not have the opportunity to, to, to go into detail with them while they were there, because they weren't there that long, um, 
um, was what happens to believers who die before the Lord comes back. Something you need to understand. This is very, very early. Um, we're talking, you know, in a, you know, AD forty, AD fifty, or the AD forties, the AD fifties. So you have people who were fully um, anticipating that Jesus would come back to bring them home before. I mean, like soon, like before many of them died. So there was a worry of what happens to those who die in Christ. Before he returns, so there in Thessalonians, First Thessalonians four thirteen through seventeen, Paul discusses that. So again, I, I encourage you to to take the time to read through that a little bit. He he talks about this uh, a mystery there as well. Okay, hopefully you had the opportunity to to read that because it fits in very well with what we're looking at now. Um, so then just continuing through this passage in verse 52, he talks about in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that moment, the Greek word for that is atomos, and it is an indivisible fragment of time. And basically, I'm not a math, not a math guy, but but if something is indivisible, um, and you're talking about something that cannot be divided because it is so small, um, we're talking about that this this moment, this twinkling of an eye, something that will take place, and when this last trumpet will sound, it's going to take everybody who is alive in the earth by surprise. But when that trumpet sounds. It's not just those who are still alive who are going to be a part of this. Those who have died as well will be a part of it. This last trumpet, when it sounds, it's, it's interesting how much how, and how often in Scripture that, that the last trumpet is, is something that's brought into the discussion when it comes to end times. Isaiah 27 is called the great trumpet. Matthew 24, it's also called the great trumpet with Jesus quoting um, Isaiah 27. Um, Leviticus 25, it is called a loud trumpet trumpet. Um, the, what just had you read just a little bit ago, um, 1 Thessalonians 4, um, in these end times, is called the trumpet of God. Uh, in Revelation 8 and following, there are these seven trumpets that the angels will sound, uh, and that last trumpet sounds, and then everything comes to a conclusion. Um, so, uh, what we see is, is when Christ returns, when the trumpet sounds, um, and all of this takes place, this is something, this is when the perishable will inherit the imperishable. The mortal will inherit the that which is immortal, immortality. Um, as we continue to look through this, this is this is an incredible passage of scripture. This this First Corinthians fifteen verses fifty through fifty eight. Unfortunately, the majority of time when we look and when we hear this passage, uh, oh, don't get me wrong, it's a great time to look at it is at, at a funeral service, um, at a memorial service, but it should be looked at more often than that. And um, this this incredible this incredible passage um, about death and death no longer having victory. By the way, that's a word that um, that is used quite a bit. If you notice here, if, if you're somebody who likes to, to write in your Bible, I encourage you to do so, um, that underline that victory. Verse 54, 55, 57, you're going to see it again and again, the victory that is offered, and that will come about for the people of Christ. So, 
Um, verse 55, we'll highlight that specifically. Verse 54, there's an Old Testament quote of death being swallowed up. That is Isaiah 25. Um, and now the one that he really, really focuses on, though, is Hosea 13. Um, when you see that is what is quoted in verse 55. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? In Hosea 13, um, completely different context. The prophet Hosea um, is speaking, writing at the bidding of God. And what is taking place in there is death and Sheol, which Sheol is the place of the dead. Um, Those are personified. And in Hosea 13, death and Sheol, death and kind of death again, um, are invited to come and execute God's judgment against Ephraim, which Ephraim was uh, not one of the sons of Jacob, whose name would be changed to Israel, um, and his 12 sons. But Ephraim was actually a son of Joseph, um, who was kind of adopted into this 12 tribe. So you have the tribe of Ephraim, you have the tribe of Manasseh. And in Hosea 13, what we see is death and Sheol personified are invited to come and execute execute judgment, God's judgment against the tribe of Ephraim because they had fallen off the rails, okay? Um, and death was to come and bring thorns and Sheol bring the sting, and they were going to execute that judgment. Now, Paul takes that from Hosea 13, and he kind of personifies it again, once again, this death, and it's Paul defiantly challenging death to do its worth. Oh, death, it's worst. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of the sting, verse 56, verse 56 the, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul's saying, death, there's nothing you can do to the people of Christ. They have victory. Um, and, and this victory is, is, is a favorite of Paul in this passage. It's also something he likes to use in, in, in Romans chapter 8. So what we get at here is Paul is saying there is victory over death in Christ. In other words, he's finally concluding this whole subject of there is a bodily resurrection. Jesus was the first, but that is the first of many to come. And it is through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we will be bodily resurrected as well. It is the future. It what is what is coming. There is hope in that. And because of that, verse 58, therefore, anytime you see therefore in scripture, look to see what comes before it because that tells us what it is there for. All right, so therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain because there will be a resurrection. Our hope is firmly established because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, be immovable, always abounding in the work for the Lord. Your toil is not in vain. It means something because of the resurrection. So what an incredible chapter, what quite possibly be one of the most wonderful, powerful chapters in all of the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 15, as we wrap that up. Now, 
Again, today is November 9th. Um, we'll be taking a look at the beginning of the, the conclusion of, of this letter of Paul to the church in Corinth. Um, and tonight what we'll look at is chapter 16, specifically verses uh, 1 through 9. I think that's about how far we'll get tonight. So if you want to be prepared for tonight, come join us. Um, read through that um, chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. That'll get you prepared for tonight. Um, again, we'll have classes tonight at 7 o'clock. Previous to that, we'll have a meal at 6 o'clock. Tonight, I think we're having biscuits and gravy. It's probably the most popular of our meals. So um, we'd love to have you. Meal at 6 o'clock, um, followed at 7 o'clock with class tonight, but there will also be classes for all ages taking place. So uh, why don't you come join us tonight? We'd love to see you. Uh, thanks for listening.